Good morning. My name is Tanya, and I am here to tell you my testimony, how I came to be picked up out of the gutter to serve Jesus Christ. I'm going to start with a quote from Daniel 4.2. It is my pleasure to tell you about the miraculous signs and wonders that the Most High God has performed for me. How great are his miracles and how mighty his wonder, wonders. His kingdom is an eternal kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. I'm one of his miser- uh, miracles. Almost said the wrong word there. Uh, I started out, uh, my parents were alcoholics, both of them. And uh, that's not a good start in life, but so be it. At the age of four, I realized that I could not trust my parents to raise me. I could not trust them as I should be able to. That realization started a quest in my life to find out who can I trust in my life. Very simple. Most people don't even think about it because their parents, they can be trusted. Because... um, Because of that seeking, um, I did find the Lord in my life. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. At that tender young age, who could I trust? That was who I was seeking, God. Uh, Because of my parents' alcoholism and divorce, I was in several families. My mom and dad, my mom, my dad, my stepmother, and three foster homes. My mom died at the age of 15, when I was 15. Uh, And although I was in a foster home at the time, it's still a loss, a big loss when you lose your mom, even though we weren't really tight, we weren't really close. Um, My philosophy became people die or they leave. That's the way I looked at life. They die or they leave. And um, the funny thing about this is, although this is a very serious thing, God never let me go through this without a sense of humor. And as strange as that seems, that, that, that one thing was so important that I did have a sense of humor and that I could look at people and go, okay, that's how they're living. I don't want to live like that. I don't want to do that, Right? Um, on my search for truth and who can I trust, I studied many religions. Uh, In high school, I studied religions, I studied philosophies, always looking for the answer. Uh, I remember in in high school, I went, uh, I did a paper on the Hare Krishna group. And um, this is about as far as poetry Texas as you can get. I was living in Berkeley, California at the time. This was in the early 70s. And I thought, well, I'll just go stay with the Hare Krishna so I could write a paper about them. The only problem was there was a Beach Boys concert that night. And um, I had already started smoking, so I didn't last the weekend. I didn't even last six hours at the Hare Krishna place. Um, their food was awful. Their beliefs were terrible. But, so that, that was not working for me. Um, so I did get to go catch the Beach Boys concert. That night, and I know half of you don't even know who those people are. So, 
Um, I read about Scientology, which is a cult group. Uh, I was fascinated by it. Not only was I fascinated by the philosophy, I was fascinated that the, um, uh, the founder was still living. I read the book. I read the books. Um, I said, you know, I want to go work with him. I, I want this kind of life. I want to be healthy. I, want to, I can trust him. L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. So what did I do? I left my life and I joined a cult group. Um, that means you leave your family, which I really didn't have a whole lot of at the time. And you joined their group. I actually went to live uh, at a compound with them, and um, which I'll get to later. I was uh, joined at 16. As you can see, I had no stability in my life. So this looked like a stable answer. You know, yeah, go join a cult group. Um, and in Berkeley, California, that's not unusual. Again, as far away as, from poetry as you can imagine. Um, I, after 10 years, it took me that long, I became disillusioned with Scientology and disillusioned with L. Ron Hubbard. I escaped. Um, the reason I say I escaped is because that's what you had to do. If you're going to leave, you didn't want to have to go through all the stuff that they put you through. I escaped in the middle of the night. Anyone who has um, seen television shows about that group, um, they're true. After leaving Scientology... Uh, I also left with someone else, Eric. Eric and I ended up getting married. We ended up moving to Texas where his family was. We had a, a son, Kyle, and um, our marriage crumbled. I had nothing to go on as far as a good, um, stable marriage to look at, you know. And again, my philosophy was people die and people leave. So I was out of there. Um, that was the lowest point in my life. And I, a friend said, why don't you join Codependence Anonymous? And I said, well, what's that? And they said, well, it's, um, it's a group of people who, it's based on Alcoholics Anonymous, and um, they try to have healthy, uh, happy, healthy relationships. And I was like, okay, I'm in on that, because I don't know how to have happy, healthy relationships. When I joined this group... Um, I joined the 12-step program. One of the 12 steps of um, Codependence Anonymous uh, is came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity, okay? At that time, I didn't know who that was. I did not know. I'd been raised Catholic. I had, a, um, I had some familiarity with God and Jesus, not the Holy Spirit. But um, so, okay, that was... That was good. Um, I needed to find out who this greater power was because I had studied so many religions, I was confused. Was, uh, who was this? Who was this greater power? A friend came over, took me lunch, and he said, how you doing on the 12-step program? And I said, you know, I think I'm going to just drop out. I can't figure out who this greater power is. And he said, well, do you have a Bible? And I said, yeah. And I said, you know, my, my, my question is, is like, is it Buddha? Is it Hare Krishna? Is it um, Muhammad? Is it, and I named off, right, several. He said, well, give me that Bible. Well, he started reading out of um, the book of John. 
he came to John 14, 6, which says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, I had never heard that. I did not realize that in order to get to God, you needed to go through Jesus. So this was all new to me. It hit me at that moment. Wait a minute. Okay. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Oh, my head was exploding. My heart was just pounding. Those words did it. Those words did it for me. I was like, oh, this is so wonderful. Now, Ron got so excited as he saw what happened to me. He says, we've got to go get you baptized. I said, you know, that's fine. I, I, yeah, I was baptized already when I was little, you know, oh, got, that, got that handled. And he goes, okay, but I want to tell you something. He said, if you ever need help, I want you to ask God for help. Just no matter where you are, what you're doing, ask God for help. And that stuck with me. Okay, I could talk to him. Um, later on, I had um, read a book about a guy who not only talked to God, but God talked back to him and directed his steps, directed his life. The creator of the whole universe. And I said, wow, I want that. I want to be tight with God. Okay? Again, I sought, I sought God, right? Um, it just so happens that Ron wa- uh, went to First Baptist Dallas, okay? Um, same time, someone at work invited me to First Baptist Dallas. I'm like, wow, what is this? But, you know, um, I was a smoker at the time, so I couldn't handle going to church and Sunday school. I knew there was food at Sunday school. And um, so I went to Sunday school. And um, that Sunday, Pastor Chriswell was preaching. And I missed it. It's decisions, huh? Um, I started going to... Uh, I wanted to learn the Bible. That's not something I ever did. And um, uh, in that time... Uh, I started going to Mesquite Bible Church, and at the I joined a little group of ladies, and they started praying for me that I would meet a husband to help raise my son. I had been single five or six years, and um, guess what? I met Jeff, and I yeah, he's not Mr. Right. Don't worry about that. He's not Mr. Right. Well, it turns out he was, and um, very little of what I'm saying today will. Um, will be about Jeff because Jeff passed away last December. And I knew in order to keep this together, I needed to continue talking about the Lord. So we'll leave him for another day. Um, Before I got saved, um, I want to tell you, I was not a nice person. I was irresponsible. I was impatient, inconsiderate, selfish, manipulative, undependable, promiscuous, foolish, prideful, untrusting, fearful, critical, and unforgiving. I actually lived in a fear prison. There's fear everywhere, and I was imprisoned in that. And um, somewhere along the line... Jeff and I um, joined 
First Baptist, we, we had a neighbor. And let me just tell you about this neighbor real fast. The neighbor kept saying, hey, you guys, come to our church. You're going to love it. Guess what church? First Baptist Dallas. I couldn't believe it. So I said, Jeff, you know, she's asked us about 10 times. Let's just go and get her off our backs, okay? Let's just go get this done. We did. I never heard any preaching like that before. I didn't even know there were preachers like that. I heard God's word. It just hit me like a bolt of lightning. Wow. Well, we never left. So as much as I wanted to say, let's just go that one time. No, we stayed 20 years at First Baptist Dallas. During that time, um, many, many people invested in me. Many people discipled me. Many people were just such wonderful examples of God's grace and mercy and forgiveness. Many people just took me by their side. I had many Sunday school teachers. Um, I saw how churches come together, people who love each other. People, I I mean, you walk in that church and you're going to feel the love of Jesus. You just can't help it. And um, they're... Little by little, I learned how to become a Christian. I learned what a Christian was. And um, now, here's one of the most amazing parts of my testimony. I'll just tell you this and I'll wrap this up. Okay, I was in Scientology for 10 years. I was in Berkeley, Clearwater, Florida, and South um, California, Southern California. We had a pastor at First Baptist that left after eight years. He was called to another church, and I was devastated. He was the only pastor I've really known, and I, uh, I said, Lord, you know, I've always wanted to be in the church closer to home. I've always wanted to be in a tight-knit community. There's thousands of people who go to the church I was going to. I said, Lord, could, could my family and I, can we leave now? Can we go to another church? And Lord said, no, no, okay. And um, interesting enough, the interim pastor, Pastor Anderson, who took over at the time, had come from a church in Clearwater, Florida, which is where the headquarters of Scientology was. And he talked about that. I went up to him and I said, Pastor Anderson, this is amazing. I was in Scientology in Clearwater, Florida. He said, my wife prayer walked that compound every day. I said, what years were those? And he told me, the same years I was in there. What are the odds of that? I said, where is your wife? I've got to meet her. And I did get to meet Miss Addie. And I said, Miss Addie, I heard you prayer walk that compound. And I was in there. She said, thank God somebody got out. (laughs) She could not believe after all those years. And we're talking um, maybe 25 years. The fact that I got to meet her was just amazing. Uh, that I met her later at another church and I said, Miss Addie, do you remember me? And I told her who I was and she goes, you know, I didn't prayer walk that compound all by myself. She said, uh, I had a prayer partner. I said, who is she? Where is she? 
give me your address. And I got to write a you don't know me but letter. And I got to thank that woman for prayer walking the compound. I was in there. God heard those two ladies' prayers. If you ever think God doesn't hear your prayers, you don't even have to know somebody's name to pray for them. Is that amazing? Um, There's so much I want to tell you about what God has done in my life. It's just been, I I call it just a joyful adventure. Every day is a joyful adventure. Um, Once I realized how God changed me, I had a zeal to serve him, a zeal like I haven't felt. It was a purpose. It was a, just a joy. You just never know what he's going to bring you every day. Romans twelve eleven says, never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervor um, serving the Lord. That zeal is so important, people. That's what is attractive about you to other Christians. They see that zeal. They see that desire. I just can't encourage you enough. The last thing I'm going to tell you, the Lord confides in those who fear him. He makes his covenant known to them. Do you know that you can be a confidant to Jesus Christ? Um, I want to thank you guys. You've been with me the last couple of years, especially this year. It's been very difficult. I want to thank you so much for all that you've done for me and my family. I want to thank you for the love I felt, the prayers I felt. And um, I just want to say thank you. Thank you, Pastor Kevin, for giving me the opportunity to tell a little bit of my story. Thank you.